Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Aaliyah J. Des Consulting Podcast. I am so excited to talk to you all today because it is about a topic that is near and dear to my heart. It is something that I use every single day of my life. It's another reason why I have this podcast and why I still professionally go by Aaliyah J. Diggs. Like it is all of that. And so I'm talking about professional identity. Some people may call it PI or pro ID. Those are just some abbreviations. But um, again, we're talking about professional identity. Also, you may be familiar with the language of a professional brand or a professional portfolio. Um, I don't mind the professional portfolio because ultimately that is kind of how I navigate. I am creating a list and just a list of experiences that I've had and I've, that I've done to showcase to the world and to current and future employers. Um, but I'm not a fan of branding, the professional brand. I am not trying to sell myself. <laughs> and when I think of branding, I think of that. And that is not how I operate. I am more so in the business of storytelling. And, and, and I value um, storytelling, agency, and, and advocacy. And that is, to me, the way that I navigate and I use professional identity, okay? So the structure for today's episode is pretty much going to talk about the definition of a professional identity. Also, I'm going to share some backstory. Again, context is important. I love storytelling. So I'm going to share with you all a little bit about how I came to form my own professional identity, why is it important to me, and how am I using it moving forward? And then we're going to end with us, me just giving you some tips and tools on how to create your own professional identity if you're interested. All right, so let's get into it. So a professional identity is pretty much a list of values, beliefs, um, and just interests and experiences that define who you are as a professional. It is also a way to, um, it's also a way for you to sort of um, narrate and curate, excuse me, to curate how do you want to be perceived in the workplace? You know, all of our identities are different. We have different, come from different backgrounds. We have different experiences, different approaches. And I am aware that um, how others perceive us are not always, is not always the way that we perceive ourselves. But with you creating a professional identity, you get to take back some of that power. You get to reclaim um, things that people may think of you and you get to say, uh-uh, this is how it is. <laughs> and there are moments where people may not understand your, your approach and that's okay, but you have to stay with it, right? Because ultimately creating your professional identity is gonna help you as a person psychologically, emotionally, and sometimes physically. We talk about that safety a lot. And um, it allows you to practice self-awareness, but it's also gonna be beneficial to your organization because you are gonna be a top performer because you are intentionally creating that type of identity in the workplace. You want to be a top performer. You want to be a person that people can depend on um, and a host of other things, whatever it means for you in the workplace. I also think about when people say Aaliyah J. Diggs, what comes to mind? That is what I want people to start understanding. When someone says your name in a professional way and in a professional setting, what comes to mind? What experiences have you had? What, what accomplishments? When people say Aaliyah J. Dex, that is the reason why I 
I professionally use this name still because of the publications that I already have, because of just the the identity that I created around it, right? Um, and it's it's the opportunity for me to continue, or not even to continue, but it's an opportunity for me to have a stage name, or again a name that is people know, they've seen it, they've read it. To me, the the gist of what a professional identity is, and um, and know that everyone can create one. You know, it is not like a new identity, and you're not being authentic. You are authentically being yourself. You are intentionally showing up in a way that works for you, and it's still an extension of you. It's still parts of you that you care about that you value, but it's, it's depending on who you are and your identities, you cannot always show up a hundred percent of who you are just to, okay let's take out um a professional workplace how you show up with your parents may not be how you show up with your friends does that mean you're being um inauthentic no it's just depending on your environment the people you're going to show different aspects of you and that's the same thing with a professional identity so again it's not like i'm creating this whole new alter ego it is not an alter ego <laughs> i want to make that clear it is definitely um, just again, an extension of you, a strategic and intentional way that you show up at work. That's just the way I can put it in the most simplest terms, right? All right. So now that we kind of got out what a professional identity is, we talked a little bit about storytelling um, and self-awareness and values, workplace, all of that stuff. I really just want to share <laughs> my story and why it's important to me. And um, I think as a first generation professional, I had to learn how to navigate the workplace, um, especially with my assumed identities and um, how I appear. I know that a lot of people will perceive me a certain way. So I am 100% aware of that. But just because that's their percep perception of me doesn't mean I have to take it on. And it doesn't mean that it's my, that doesn't mean that I perceive myself in the same way, you know? Um, but again, I am aware enough to know, okay, this may come up. So how do I counteract that? This may, this has been said to me. So how do I, you know, how do I protect and defend myself? So all those things came to uh, come together um, for me to create this professional identity. Also, um, regardless of an environment or an industry, I wanted my reputation to be consistent. That is something that I wanted for myself. I wanted to, like, no matter if I'm working at the museum or if I'm working in student affairs, I at least want some type of consistency about how I show up in the workplace, right? Um, and so as I'm just having these thoughts and as I am navigating different work environments, I didn't have the language of a professional identity, but I knew that's what I wanted, right? I was new to the West Coast. I never went to a predominantly white institution. Students on my staff who we were close in age, so I already knew like that was going to be something, you know, that was something in my mind of like, okay, I'm almost... If not the same age, we are months apart um, from a few of my staff members. How do I navigate that as their supervisor? So all of these things are happening at once, at one time. And again, 
I never really had to navigate all of these things um, ever and let alone at once, you know? Um, and when it comes to racial identity and things like that, my parents never really had to have a conversation with me about how to navigate in those spaces because it wasn't a thing. I just didn't think about my racial identity that much, especially not from a deficit model um, or a deficit perspective. So going into a space where I'm getting the looks, people looking at my hair, I, I look at the other Black people or the other folks who identify as Black. And, um, you know, we just complexion-wise look different. Our hair is different. So again, it's all these differences, all these differences that I'm noticing and that other folks are noticing and saying to me and sharing with me. So um, it was an interesting, a very interesting time in my life. Um, and it was really challenging because, again, people saw what they wanted to see but really took into consideration what I valued and the experiences that I had. And also no one really understood and took my different identities into consideration. Even just, um, even my stature, like I'm, I'm a short person. Um, and so now you're a supervisor, um, you're on a college campus. A lot of the kids are bigger than you. <laughs> <laughs> like all these things. And so I had to figure out how do I set myself apart? How do I, you know, make sure that people know that I am not an undergraduate student. I'm actually someone's supervisor. Uh, I am in a master's program. Like, how do I set myself different? Like, how do I set myself up so people don't ignore me? One, don't walk past me because that happens. And that can happen for a variety of reasons. Again, I'm short, uh, you know, I'm a woman. Uh, they didn't see a lot of people who look like me all the time. So it was a lot. So I told myself I had to create something that, that works. And for me, that was dressing professionally every day. I know that I have, I know my body type. So I was very aware of, okay, when I wear my professional clothes, I'm gonna sure I'm gonna wear a blazer. Um, I'm going to make sure I wear some form of a name tag, whether it was like my badge that had my name and my picture, or it was just going to be my regular name tag with just the name pronouns, all those things. But either way, I was always going to wear something that had the university and my department's logo on it. Right. Um, I also asked my students to call me Miss Aaliyah. Again, that is my upbringing. That is when I was an RA, that's what we called our, our resident director. So to me, it was just natural, but it also played into me setting myself apart, like I talked about just briefly. Um, and so people, including my staff and my direct supervisor, they didn't always understand it. And that was very, um, it was very challenging for me because I'm like, we are not the same. <laughs> <laughs> I am creating this for my own emotional, psychological, and physical safety. You don't have to worry about those things in the same ways that I do. I'm not saying you don't have to worry about them at all, but you don't have to worry about them in the same ways that I do, right? Um, and because, again, of my identities and my perceived identities, I had to create something to where, regardless of what anyone said about me that was may have been negative, no one could ever deny my work ethic. No one could ever deny that I got things done. No one could ever deny my creativity, my innovation, and my care for students, and just how I center, I'm student-centered. 
So those are some of the things I'm like, you know what? They can't deny X. So let me focus on that. Let me focus on building a reputation that um, kind of like supersedes the stereotypes and biases um, to the point that I got called too professional. I was told I was too professional. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Right? How, how does someone... How does someone be too professional? But again, no one's seeing the whole picture. No one saw all of the, the negative experiences that I had. No one saw my staff, specifically one staff member not listening to me because I was a woman. I was the same age as him. I was, you know, the way I look, everything. It was so many things. And, and I was very hurt. I'm not going to lie. Like, I was very hurt because even my own direct supervisor didn't understand and again, I didn't ha always have the language. And so I'm trying to explain to him, like, this is a different experience for me. I'm I'm doing the best that I can. I'm doing my job really well. I love my job. But in order for me to, to stay and remain here, I have to do these things. <laughs> and again, it gave me back power. And not in an ego way, but just the agency of it all. Like, okay, again, I can't, you know, I can't, control everything, but I, I can control how I respond to it. And this is how I responded to it by creating professional identity. And it got me through my two years there. It, it, it helped me know what I needed. It helped me navigate and it helped me to survive that, that place, the workplace, the academic space, all those things. Um, and so with that, again, that's where my professional identity formed. It, it, it started in graduate school, and as I went on to have a full-time job and continue my my career in student affairs and in residence in residence life, um, it just continued. So when I got to my full-time professional job, so much during those times because I was just pushing out content. Um, I remember when the uh, pandemic first happened, like the first week or two. I used to teach an online class in graduate school. So I gave tips on how to be successful in an online class. And then people were like, oh, can I, can you, can I borrow this? Can I borrow this? Like it just spread it, it, it spread like wildfire. But no one told me to do that. I took the initiative because one, it was important to me. And two, it aligned with my purpose. Of filling in gaps. That is who I am. If I see that there's a gap or a need somewhere and I have the capacity and the ability to do it, I'm going to do it. So when it was time when folks needed it, they, they they reached out to me and said, hey, can we use this for X? Sure. And again, that is who I am as a professional. That is what I wanted. That's how I want people to perceive me as. Um, and it was just a great, Instagram has been good to me. Um, I did have to get a new Instagram because my previous one got hacked, which I was really upset about because I created a great following. But now it's similar. I'm still doing the same things, whether I'm having a book club because professional development is a major part of my professional identity. Again, I am learning as I'm going. People may think that I got it together, but is it's perceived in that way because of the professional identity that I created. Because I'm always going to be learning. I always want to learn. I always want to grow. So anything that allows me to do that, I'm going to, I'm going to participate in, I'm, you know, I'm going to show some type of interest in again, mentorship. So anything helping someone else 
the way that I show up in the workplace, again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be that team player. I'm going to, if you need something, I got you. I'm going to build one-on-one relationships with my peers because that's important to me. I know I don't thrive in group settings all the time. That is not my strong suit. I know that about myself, but I can catch you one-on-one and we can have a great time. And by me knowing who people are more on a personal level, I think that it creates a, a better work environment. Not that I have to know every detail about you, but just spending quality time with people, um, I think is very helpful. And also spending time with people regardless of hierarchy. Like I would spend time with my peers, my associate director, my director, my supervisor, and just my staff, and just went up and down the 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 organizational structure because again I'm learning I want to know what challenges and successes that my director is experiencing again I want to be the best professional that I can be and to me that takes taking initiative (laughs) that takes listening that takes being intentional with your experiences and that's what I've done um, for the last six years going on seven years wow um, so yeah, so that's pretty much my story around um, identity and uh, around professional identity and, and the importance of having counter narratives and and advocating for yourself and creating something that protects you, but also benefits the workplace. Because <laughs> uh, again, going back a little bit, because again of my ideas and because of um, the way that I present myself, I am asked into spaces, into rooms that other folks are not asked to be in. I have been consistent in my reputation and in my work and in my productivity and my output that when something needs to be done, someone's like, oh, let's ask Alia. Or um, let's get Alia's opinion on this. That is what I care about because again, the focus now is on my work and what I can contribute to the organization, not on how I look, not on your perceived notions about me and who I am. So that is why I love creating a professional identity. And so now I want to talk about um, different ways you all can create your own professional identity if you're interested. Believe me, this, (laughs) this can be a statement that you post on your LinkedIn profile. Y'all, I've had a LinkedIn for 10 years, since 2013. (laughs) You know, and now everyone loves LinkedIn. I have been telling people, get on LinkedIn, get on LinkedIn. I've loved LinkedIn for a very, very long time. Um, So again, as you can see, even 10 years ago, my mind was on trying to develop as a professional. Again, I didn't have the language or all those things, but it was, I was in alignment with that. So this goes to show you that this is right where I need to be. Um, And so again, we can, you can create your own professional identity by just identifying what are some of your professional values? How do you want to be perceived at work? Um, What are, what's important to you? Um, I also have a workbook that is available for purchase. You can get a a digital electronic copy, or you can get it printed in, um, and I can ship it to you. And so I want us to 
So yeah, I want us to continue having the conversation about professional identity and its importance and its relevance in the workplace. Again, I'm not saying you have to create an alter ego. Your professional identity is an extension of you, your values, your interests, your goals, all of those things. It's a, it's a strategy, an intentional strategy to help you navigate the workplace in a way that meets your needs and also gets stuff done, you know, in your organization. Um, and so, again, if you want to learn more about professional identity and if you want the workbook, please visit aliyahjdegs.com to purchase your workbook. It is 16 pages. Um, there is a lot of reflection because you have to know who you are. You have to know who you are. As I always talk about self-awareness, you have to know who you are, know what you value and, and know what you hope and want to be. And even if you're uncertain about some of those things, um, just trying things will help you form who you want to be as a professional. So thank you all for listening to this episode. Professional identity is everything to me. I'm still developing it. Um, and know that even if you are a seasoned professional, you don't have to stop. Like, it doesn't mean you don't have, you, you don't have to create a professional identity. You can continue. You can build on what you've already done. Say if you start in a new industry and you want to change some things, you can do that. Or if you are in a new organization and you want to change some things or you want to continue some things, whatever it looks like for you, know that creating a professional identity is something that we all do naturally. We just always, we don't always have the name for it, all right? Um, literally, as I'm saying it, it's certain people in my mind where you know you can go to them for a certain topic. And although they may get tired of that, but again, you know their name because they created a identity around that. They created a talent and, and people know that that's what, you know, that people know that if you go to this person for this, you're going to get a good quality. Just like with any other company, major company, they've built a reputation and they've been consistent. So that's why you can give people five stars and, re and good reviews and all of that. So think about it. How do you give yourself a good review as a professional? All right. Some things to think about. Again, if you want to purchase my professional identity workbook, please go to my website um, and I will talk to you all soon. Thank you so much. Bye.